Welcome once again, folks, to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, right here on the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando. Now, let me introduce our engineer. You know him. His name is Alan Dempsey. Uh, He's in the Engineering Hall of Fame. And uh, Andrew Herdliska does our producing. And Andrew has produced Joshua Mills, who is in London, Ontario, Canada. And his book is out, Power Portals, Awaken Your Connection to the Spirit Realm. Joshua, a million thanks. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me today. Well, we're glad to welcome you. Uh, we love Canadians down here in Florida, Joshua. Uh, they, <laughs> Thank you. They, they, they fuel our economy down here. So uh, good to hook in, uh, up with you. Now, explain to us. You know, go ahead. Go ahead, Joshua. We love Florida, too, because of the, <laughs> the nice warm uh, weather. They call us the frozen chosen up here in Canada. So it's always nice to come down to Florida and thaw out a little well, bit. Well, you're welcome anytime. Um, now, explain to me that title, Power Portals. What does that mean? Well, you know, I guess for some people that might sound like a little bit of an unusual title. Uh, but really, all throughout the Bible, we could read about portals. The only thing is, you know, portals is maybe more of a modern way of saying doorway, gateway, window. A portal is an entrance from uh-huh. one place to another. And mm-hmm. so when we speak about power portals, we're speaking about an entrance where the power of God is able to flow into our lives. Now, uh, you move from that topic uh, to your second topic, simply called Finding Your Way. Uh, Tell us more. Well, you know, there's a lot of talk out there about people having their own truth. And, you know, people say, well, this is my truth and that's my truth. But the, the thing is, there's really only one truth, and Jesus makes it very clear to us that he is the truth, that he is the way, that he is everything. And Jesus Christ himself in the Bible actually declares himself to be the ultimate power portal. Remember in John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus says, I am the gate, I am the door. And he makes it very clear that there's no other way to the Father, no other way to heaven except through him. And I think this is one of the most magnificent revelations to recognize that Jesus Christ is the doorway. He is our power portal into heavenly glory. And, you know, um, I share in the book about a story that has been told many, many times about the six blind men and an elephant. I don't know whether you've heard this story before or not, Mm -hmm. but it's about people that, um, these these six blind men that, would touch the elephant, and some would touch the ear, and others would touch the tail, and others would touch the leg, and some would touch his side, and they all describe the elephant differently, and they all come to their own conclusions about what they are touching, what they're feeling. And at the end of it, you know, all of them are wrong because some think it's a fan, some think it's a rope, some think it's a, a wall, and none of them are right because it's an elephant. And I add to that story in the book because... You know, there's so much talk about our own truth, experiencing our life and coming to our own conclusions, but not always lead to the same place. Actually, in life, depending on what path we take, we can end up in some good places or we can end up in some very terrible places. And when it comes to spiritual truth, there is only one way to the Father. There's only one way to heaven, and that is through the person and presence of Jesus Christ. And so... In the book, I kind of add a seventh man into that story, and it's kind of a fun way to even help people recognize and understand that there really is only one way to the Father. And, you know, that's what this is all about. We, I'm telling you, with the way that the world is, the, the situations that are going on in the earth right now, people need Jesus now more than ever before. Amen to that. Now, yeah. now, 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 explain this next topic: recognizing Christ in you. What What do you write here? Well, in that chapter, I speak about the fact that not only is Jesus Christ our portal into heavenly glory, but we become His portals for heavenly glory to flow into the earth. In other words, we access heaven and all of heaven's goodness and the blessings, the promised blessings of the Father through giving our lives to Christ. 
But when we give our lives to Christ, when we humble ourselves and worship before God's majesty, we discover the greatest heights of His heavenly glory. And it's in that place that suddenly we realize Jesus Christ is a hope of glory, residing, living, dwelling on the inside of us. And when He's inside of us, he, listen, He doesn't want to stay on the inside. He wants to be let out. He wants His light to shine through us, that everywhere we go, we bring the knowledge, the revelation of Jesus to the earth around us. And so when we recognize Christ in us, suddenly that excites us and gets us activated to carry the saving message of the gospel into the places that we go. Fabulous. All right, now we move into part two. Uh, and, and you lead off in this segment with a topic called The Heavens Are Open. Uh, tell us more, Joshua. You know, when Jesus Christ was being baptized. The Bible tells us that the heavens were open. There was actually a, a, a power portal that opened in that encounter, very similar to the one that Jacob experienced in that dream, where there was a ladder with the angels ascending and descending. And the Bible tells us that at the baptism of Jesus, the angels were ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And in that experience, you know, Jesus opened the heavens once and for all. And there's some Christian believers, and they're well-meaning people, they're wonderful believers, but they feel like heaven is closed over their lives. They feel like if they want anything from God, they have to try to demand it or beg Him for the blessing. And I think when Jesus said, it is finished, I mean, He really meant it. He really meant that everything we would need for life and for godliness was secured in Him through the salvation that He can offer. And so... The reason why I wrote this chapter about the open heavens was to give people an understanding that heaven is eternally open. Now, just because heaven is open over the lives of believers does not mean that every believer is living in an open heaven experience. And I think the proof of that is most believers, you know, they, they go through life and they might complain or, or, or be frustrated or, or struggle in one area or the other. And of course, I don't, I want to bring condemnation to anybody, but I share this because there is something better for you. There's something better for us. And something that I've learned is that an open heaven demands an open earth. In other words, because of what Jesus has done, we need to become open now in this day to allow the promises of God, the manifestation of his glory to flow from heaven to earth. This is part of the fulfillment of Jesus' prayer when he taught us to pray, Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we say, God, open me up. I want to be an open earth to allow the open heavens to flow through me as a portal. I become a portal for God's blessings to flow in and flow through. And in that, we can experience some of the greatest miracles we've ever seen. Wow. Joshua Mills, he's uh, explaining his book, Power Portals. Um, I'm interested in uh, your life in London, Ontario. We got a break coming up, Josh, and I, uh, I, I'm interested in your background and how did you get uh, where you are now? What, what's the story? That is a great question. But you know what? I believe that a power portal was open for me as a teenager. I was born and raised in the church. Uh, I'm a fifth-generation Pentecostal. You know, my whole childhood life was all about church and, and going to Sunday school and youth camps and youth events and all those kinds of things. But it wasn't until I was 16 years old that I really had just a tremendous encounter with the Holy Spirit that at that time I would have never called it a power portal because I didn't have that vocabulary. But the Holy Spirit just really broke into my life and in that moment, I knew, I recognized the power of God, and I knew that I wanted to give my life to the purposes of God in that moment. And from that time that I was 16, you know, God just opened things up and began opening up doors because He is the door. And uh, I began to travel around, and I've been doing it ever since. My guest, <clears throat> Joshua Mills, uh, we've got more with Joshua. Stay with us. we got a break coming. 
right here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour on the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, the word in Orlando. My guest is Joshua Mills. He's in London, Ontario, Canada. His book. Yeah, there's a book, Power Portals. Uh, Joshua, I want you to explain to us synchronizing with the spirit. What does that mean? It's all about aligning our lives in such a way that we will be in step with God at every moment. You know, the Bible says that those that are led by the Spirit of God are the children, the true sons and daughters of God. And I believe that God is calling His people in this day to synchronize with Him in such a way that as He moves, we begin to move. As He speaks, we're willing to open up our mouth and share. And in this way, we don't miss out on anything that God has for us. And we can go through life with such expect, such expectations, such expectancy about God moving in our daily situations. I'm always surprised by the way that God moves through my life on a daily basis. I mean, you know, I might plan on going to the restaurant because I'm hungry and I want to have lunch. But when I get there, there's divine encounters that are waiting for me. Uh, there are divine moments. I mean, so many times I'll show up in a place and God will put the right person in my path, whether it's for me to be a blessing to them or whether it's for them to be a blessing to me. It's amazing when we learn how to synchronize with the Spirit, how our steps are really led and ordained by the Lord. And so I really write about that in this chapter and try to get people, give an understanding of how people can align themselves with the Spirit, to move in this way. I want you to get to the next topic for us. The seven dimensions of divine power. Uh, What's going on here? Well, it's amazing because in the New Testament, there's actually seven Greek words that in our language, in our English language, they're often translated power or the word strength or words that seem to be more common to us, and yet don't really express the fullness of what they mean. When we dig in deep into the Scriptures and we uncover these Greek words, we realize that there's actually seven levels, seven dimensions of divine power that are accessible for every single believer. And when we learn about them, it's not just so that we have the knowledge, but it's so that we are able to walk in and begin to function and begin to move in these dimensions of the power of God. For example, we've all heard, well, most of us have heard the word dunamis, which really comes from what we would understand to be like dynamic, dynamite, explosive power. This is the miraculous power of God that bursts onto the scene. And, you know, God is wanting to give us a hope that we can move in this power, that there is nothing too difficult for God. And no matter what we're facing in our life, He has this dunamis, dynamic, explosive dynamite power available for us to bring the settlings of God onto the scene. Well, that's just one level, but there's seven levels. And so in this chapter, I go through level by level and how they build upon each other and how we can grow in the power of God and how God is able to open up new doorways, new power portals for us to experience as we begin to move in the seven dimensions of divine power. Joshua, uh, I want you to explain the next topic you write about, uh, opening personal portals. How does that come about? Well, this really excites me because anything that we receive spiritually is intended to ultimately affect us emotionally, in our mind, in our soul, and also be expressed through our physical bodies, through our natural lives. You know, what the seed that God plants into our spirit should be seen as a harvest in the natural through our lives. And so I wrote this chapter about the seven personal portals, which is really a direct personal revelation that I received from the Holy Spirit probably about 15 years ago. He began showing me that there were actual physical portals that we could open up to him, doors of entrance that we could open up to the Lord for him to come in and fill. 
the first one is the portal of our heart, and I think the Bible is very clear about that, that even in our spiritual journey, we can't really go anywhere until we've opened up the door of our heart to the Lord. Now, we know that our heart represents our spirit man, and Revelations tells us, the book of Revelations tells us, that Jesus Christ stands at the door of our heart, and he knocks. Now, he's seeking entrance into our lives because he's wanting to change us. He's wanting to transform us. He's wanting to bring us into all that he paid for with his blood. And the second portal aligns with the heart. The Bible actually says, from the heart, the mouth speaks. And that is the second portal that God is wanting to open up. God is wanting our mouth to be filled with his words of life. The Bible tells us that when Jesus spoke, his words were spirit and they were life. And you might say, well, I don't understand how our mouth is a portal. Brother Joshua, are you sure that that is scriptural? It's absolutely scriptural. David said, Lord, I ask that you would keep a guard over the door of my lips. He was calling his lips, his mouth, a portal. David recognized that there was power that was released through the words that he would speak. Our words actually do matter. And when we recognize that, we'll begin to watch over our lips and what we say. The third portal is our eyes and our ears together. Actually, oftentimes within Scripture, the Bible puts the eyes and the ears together. He was eyes to see and ears to hear. Let him see, let him hear what the Spirit is saying, what the Spirit is speaking, what the Spirit is showing. And so God is wanting us to watch over the eyes and the, the ear gates that he has given to us, because the Bible says whatever we see with our eyes, if our eyes are open to light, our entire body will be consumed by light. In the same way, if our eyes are darkened, then that brings darkness into to defile our entire body. And so God is speaking to us about the importance of focusing our physical gates upon the purposes of glory. And I go on in the book and I explain all seven of these gates that God has given us. And of course, I take people through the scriptures and I believe that if we can get it in the scripture, we can have it. And there's a the biblical framework for power portals that we can understand that will help us to enter into all that God has for us in our lives. Joshua Mills, power portals, that's his topic. All right, Joshua, creating spiritual pathways. Uh, what's all that about? Well, there are ways that we can actually create portals in the spirit or doorways in the spirit. And I go through in the book and I explain some of the different ways. You know, there's things like prayer that creates pathways in the spirit. And I think the Bible is very clear about that. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Uh, there are things that happen, things that shift, things that begin to move as we begin to pray. Another thing that begins to open up portals in the spirit is our praise and worship. And of course, we don't praise and worship God to see what we can get from him. We praise and worship him because he is worthy, because he, is, he, he deserves all the glory. But there's something so wonderful about this praise and worship, that when God asks us for something, he's not trying to take something from us. He's trying to get us to move into alignment with all that he has made available for us. And so, you know, Psalm 100 says, we enter into his gates, we could call those portals, with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. This gives us an understanding that when we begin to praise and worship the Lord, there are golden gates, divine doors, supernatural portals that begin to open up in the spirit realm. And I've discovered in my own life, if I'm going through a situation or a circumstance that seems troubling, if I begin to praise the Lord in the middle of it, my praise literally begins to change the atmosphere. Why? Because Jesus becomes magnified over that situation. And wherever the Lord is, remember, Jesus said he is the door. And so when he becomes magnified in that situation, the door is placed in that situation. It's a supernatural door because Jesus is a supernatural door. And when we begin to to lift him up and he comes into that situation, suddenly we are given a way we are given a way of escape out of troublesome times. We are given a way of direction in places where there might be confusion and chaos. We are given a way for miracles to happen where it seems like there's just disappointment on every side. Jesus becomes 
that way. So there's many different ways that we can begin to create pathways in the spirit and, and spiritual pathways as we cooperate with the things of God. And so that's what I write about in that chapter. And my prayer is that as people begin to read this book, they wouldn't just be reading my testimonies or my experiences, but that they would literally begin to understand that what I'm sharing is available for them. And so I like to think of this book, Power Portals, as a training manual or a handbook for people to literally navigate through the spiritual realm into a place where they are able to find that door that God has available for them. Now, we uh, get to this topic, establishing places of power. Uh, What does that mean? Well, I mentioned that our praise changes the atmosphere, and that happens, but I've found that sometimes people are continually in this spiritual warfare of changing an atmosphere and then walking away and it goes into decline and they have to go back and change the atmosphere again. And it's like every time they show up to praise God, they're having to change it, change it, change it. The Lord showed me that praise changes the atmosphere, but our worship sustains the realm. And I believe that God is wanting to give all of us keys, supernatural keys, and I've listed five of them in this chapter supernatural keys that would enable us to establish places of power, that it wouldn't just be a momentary thing, that it wouldn't just be a seasonal thing, that it wouldn't just be an occasional once-in-a-while thing, but that we could literally establish the power of God on earth, that our home could become a power portal for the Lord. You know, there's some places that I go, and I can tell that they have prayed through. I can tell that there's been people that have pressed in and worshiped the Lord, and that they, they are serious about their their walk of faith. And in those places, you can feel that their home is filled with healing or that their home is filled with so much peace. And God is wanting all of us to do this, to establish places in the earth that manifest his power for others to encounter. Now, Joshua, you've got an afterword to your book, and the book is called Power Portals. Moving from glory to glory, what's, what's, what do you write in the afterword? Well, I think no matter how much of God we've experienced in the past, there's always a little bit more of God to know, always a little bit more of God to see, always a little bit more of God to experience. And I truly believe that as long as we're living here on earth, the Lord desires to take us from glory to glory to glory. Just when we think we've seen the greatest and most miraculous thing in our life, he opens up another power portal for us to encounter him in even greater ways. Joshua, what do you want people to take from our discussion? I really want people to know that no matter what you're going through in life, no matter what situation you're facing, Jesus Christ is your door and that he has power portals available for you to manifest his power in your life. Well, Joshua, I'm so glad that we could visit. By, by the way, has it started getting cold yet up your way? You know what? About a week ago, there was a blizzard, and now this week it has been so nice and warm, you would think it was we're, it's spring coming into summer. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. What's next? Yeah. <laughs> do, you have a, do you have another book in your pipeline? I do. I have about four more books that are coming down, and... I kind of write all of them at the same time, and however the Lord is leading me, I jump over onto those pages and kind of work a little bit over on that. But I'm always busy, and, you know, I think when we're in the Spirit, God's always showing things, so there's always lots to write. (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, Joshua, I wish you all the very best. Thanks a million for joining us. and uh, Thank you, Pat. uh, uh, I'm, I'm very pleased that we could chat. Thank you so much. God bless you and your listeners. Thank you, sir. Joshua Mills our guest, the book Power Portals. Uh, folks, I want to uh, encourage you on this effort we're, we're, we're taking here. We're trying to bring Major League Baseball to Orlando. Uh, we're working hard on it, and you can help. We have a website, orlandodreamers.com, orlandodreamers.com. Just go up there and um, and just tell us your thoughts. Register. Tell us, great idea. I, I, I like this idea. I'm all in. And if you've got an interest in 
uh, season tickets uh, down the road. If we can pull this off, uh, well, let us know that as well. OrlandoDreamers.com. Well, folks, we've got more. Stay with us. And uh, we're on the air every weekend, just like this. Uh, The show is called the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. And, of course, you're listening to the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word, in Orlando. We'll be right back. Joshua Mills was our guest in that first segment from London, Ontario. Uh, Carrie Oberbrunner is with us. He's in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, The book is called Unhackable, the elixir for creating flawless ideas, and quite a subtitle. Uh, First of all, Carrie, welcome to Orlando, Florida. Uh, I'm glad that we have a chance to visit. I hope things are well with you. Hey, I am so glad to be here, and thanks for uh, having me speak to your audience. What does that word uh, unhackable mean? Yes. Well, Pat, I know you've been in sports and athletics and all that amazing stuff in your life, but really unhackable is about how uh, the word hack means when a system or uh, computer has been gained with unauthorized access. And we think about that being our phones, our computers, our bank accounts, where somebody, quote, hacks us. And that's obviously a very scary thing. But in 2020, and the way our our brains and our bodies are, don't forget, our bodies are made up of systems like circulatory, respiratory, and our brains are like supercomputers. So in 2020, we don't have to worry as much about our computers getting hacked. What's even scarier is our minds and our brains getting hacked. And that's what has happened here with the current pandemic and the economy and election and you name it. There's been a lot of hacks that have tried to uh, distract us and sabotage our focus. Well, you open your book, and it's broken down by days, day one, day two, day three, and on. Uh, Day one, story write your story. What does that mean? Yeah, so a lot of people wake wake up every day with an old story playing in their head. For example, my parents got divorced, or you know what, um, I didn't grow up in a wealthy family, or you know what, I, I was told I have a learning disability. And what they do is they take their old story with them in life, and they want different results. And unfortunately, as long as they have the old story playing in their head, they'll never get new results. And whether we use a sports example, like Oral Hershiser, the pitchers of the Dodgers, who was called Howdy Doody Hershiser, he was made fun of growing up and on the pitcher's mound. You can imagine in a moment of truth, pitching an important pitch, he, he often failed. Well, Tommy Lasorda told him, the day he joined the team, he said, hey, you come in my office. He said, from now on, your new name is the Bulldog. <laughs> and what he, did, what he did is he gave Oral Hershiser a new story. And guess what? His performance started improving because when he stood on the mound, he didn't think, I'm just howdy-doody Hershiser like the old, uh, I don't even know, I think it was a puppet thing back then. <laughs> but he said, I'm the Bulldog. And he created a new future by creating a new story. Fascinating. <clears throat> Next topic. Desire, pick your boon. What does that mean? Yeah, a boon is a word we do not use often. It comes from the hero's journey. And the hero's journey, if listeners aren't familiar, was uh, a concept created by anthropologist Joseph Campbell he looked at societies and he said that there's this common theme of all stories and all movies, and it's about the hero and the call to adventure and how they have to leave the ordinary world, go into a special world, fight a giant or an adversary, get help from a mentor, and then realize that the real battle was inside They deal with their internal issues, and then they achieve a boon 
and then come back to the ordinary world to share the new knowledge. And we see this in Star Wars. George Lucas created the entire Star Wars franchise around the hero's journey. It's in The Lord of the Rings. It's in Hunger Games. But I tell people, this isn't just movies. This is your life. And every single person is a hero in their own story. And many, many, many refuse the call. And they just sit on the back porch drinking lemonade their whole lives. But a few of us, like you, Pat, like like your listeners, we we accept the call to adventure. And the boon is, I define it as your deepest desire, your greatest ache, your truest longing. And in that chapter, we actually show people how to find their boon and go after it. And the reason why we do that on day two is until you know that, you don't care if you get hacked. It's, it's like until you know your why, you don't care if you're distracted because you, you don't really know your purpose yet. So you just say, oh, give me Netflix, give me video games, give me whatever. But once you know your boon, you suddenly say, huh, this is so important to me. I can't afford to get to get hacked. Now, let's go to day three. Culprit. Identify your culprit, you tell us. Yeah. Hey, listen, we all want to say that the culprit is someone or something else. I know that was me for a long time. It's my boss's fault that I'm not unhackable. It's my, it's my family. No, no, no. It's me. And, and it, we need to look in the mirror. Uh, there's two types of people in life, victims and victors. And victims lie in bed, blame, excuses, and denial. B-E-D, blame, excuses, and denial. Victors put their oar in the water and move forward. Ownership, accountability, and responsibility. And we're either a victim where we say the world happened to me or we're a victor, where we say, I happen to the world. And you know in your sports background, an athlete who saw themselves as a victor, someone who took ownership, accountability, and responsibility, they could influence the outcome. But if we live in blame, excuses, and denial, we'll get hacked every day. Now, our guest, by the way, is Kerry Overrunner. And uh, his book is called Unhackable Conspiracy. Confront your conspiracy, you tell us, Kerry. Yeah, this came from a cool 60 Minutes episode I was watching with my wife where they showed a car that got hacked. And the, the, the newscaster knew that someone was going to hack the car, but they still uh, got major overwhelmed when it happened. You know, the windshield wipers started going, the brakes started pumping, then the accelerator went, and they, they experienced what I call a hack attack. And in life, we often experience what's called a hack attack. We say eight things when we get hacked internally. We say, I'm not in charge. In other words, we lose control. We say, number two, I am confused. We lose clarity. Number three, we say, I'm not good enough. Loss of competence. Number four, we say, I am an imposter. Loss of confidence. And the last four are, number five, I have no vision. Loss of insight. I have no effect on others. Loss of influence. Number seven, I have no credibility. Loss of impact. Number eight, I have no currency, loss of income. And so when we get hacked in life, we we go into what's called a hack attack, just like that lady on 60 Minutes where she drove off the road and crashed. That's what happens in life. We get crashed when we get a hack attack. And so the way we defeat that is to do a hack counterattack where we basically take back charge, take back uh, being confused, and you essentially go through the eight lists, uh, the eight steps in reverse, and uh, those affirmations are very powerful because the first four start with I am, which is identity, and the last four start with I have, which is resources. So someone who gets hacked says I am nobody with nothing, but somebody who's unhackable says I am somebody with something. 
Kerry Oberbrunner is our guest. He's the author of Unhackable, and uh, this uh, lays it out day by day. And, Kerry, we've arrived at day five, cost. Count your cost, you tell us. Exactly. Count your cost. Most people do not worry about something unless there's a cost. I don't know about you, but I would not pay my taxes unless there was a penalty. (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) Meaning, right? I mean, April 15th, right? I mean, there's a cost coming. So what cost does is cost is it creates urgency. It creates this motion and this movement and people move with deadlines and penalties. And so literally we need to create these in our own life. Like what's going to happen if I get hacked? And if you just think, ah, nothing happens then you don't care. But, it, but once I laid out my boon, which was to ignite 1 million souls by 2020, which by the way, we did achieve. Once I started to say, well, what if I don't achieve that? What's the cost? And I started writing down people's lives would be uh, essentially uh, hacked. There would be families that would be destroyed, marriages. I started listing all the costs of me not showing up filled up, and I said, whoa, that's something I'm not willing to pay. And then it's a lot easier to say no to distractions. All right, let's keep moving, Kerry. Day six, prom- yeah. promise, claim your promise. Yeah, once we get into day six, we're really in part two of the book, which is all about flawless ideas. And I tell people that ideas don't change the world. Flawless ideas do. And so we really look at three people in day six. We look at JFK, Man on the Moon. Mm. We look at Martin Luther, <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr., I Have a Dream, and Jesus Christ, Sermon on the Mount. And each one of these uh, amazing leaders had uh, a promise that they claimed. And claiming a promise is very powerful. It's kind of like the athlete who says, you know what, uh, on record, we will win the championship. Uh, when, you, when you claim something, you, you basically state it as your own possession. And the world takes notice. Rosa Parks claimed her seat. <laughs> Michael Phelps claimed his gold medal. You know, you have to do this first step before you acquire the possession of something. You have to mentally possess it. And in this chapter, we basically get you to write out the promise of your boon. And by doing that, you suddenly get a lot more fired up. Great. Now, let's go to promotion. Inventory yeah. your promotion. What is all that about? So many times we think that we don't have much, we're not worth much, nothing is really special about us, and that's a why. The truth is everybody listening has a great amount of accomplishments, talents, and skills. And so before you face a big giant in your life, you need to say, what have I accomplished? I'm going to go back to the Bible for a story here. David. David, before he fought Goliath, he inventoried his promotion. He said, hey, I killed a lion. I killed a bear. I can take out this giant too. Now, he had never taken out a giant, but he had taken out a lion and a bear. And that's my point. My point is, before you face your big adversary, Go get some confidence, and you get confidence by saying, well, I did this other thing, I did this other thing. Mm. And when you have that top of mind, you suddenly realize you're a lot more skilled than you thought. Well, that's well said. Well said. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, day eight, progress. Track your progress. Yes, track your progress. So many people don't celebrate the small wins. I'll tell you what, Pat, I celebrated getting on – the radio with you today. I'm not even kidding. I went on social media all day yesterday and I told everybody I'm speaking with Pat of Orlando Magic. And I'll tell you what, I celebrated. So many people celebrate once they do something. 
I celebrate every step along the way. So before I got on the radio with you, I had to get a publicist. Before I got a publicist, I had to meet a publicist through my friend Tom. And before that, I had to send Tom an email. And before that, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And what I do, people think I'm weird, but what I do is I celebrate every small step. Because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people out there that have a redwood-sized dream. And redwoods do not grow fast. Instead, we look at our neighbors who have a cornstalk-sized dream, and we say, oh, look at them. We get jealous. We get sad. But in reality, theirs grows up overnight, and it dies overnight. A redwood takes time, but that's why you have to celebrate the small progress. Otherwise, you'll get discouraged. We're moving along in uh, Carrie Oberbrunner's book, and boy, it's a good one. All right, now, Carrie, posture. Strengthen your posture, you tell us. Wait a minute. we got to wait. And we got to take a break, okay? So stay there, Carrie. And when we come back, posture. Strengthen your posture. This is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando. We're talking with Carrie Oberrunner. He's in Columbus, Ohio. His book is called Unhackable. And as advertised, Carrie, posture. Strengthen your posture. Yes. There's a great word that we talk about in this chapter called enthusiasm. And a lot of people just mean, think it means excited. No, it actually comes from the word entheos. Theos is God. Theology is the study of God. So when you say that you're enthused or you have enthusiasm, the word literally means you're possessed by God, which is really interesting. So unhackable people are people who are enthusiastic for life, which means that they believe that they're not all alone. It's not just their little boon, but they're actually co-creating with God. And the reason why I love enthusiasm, I talk about this band from Columbus, Ohio, called the 21 Pilots, and they were enthusiastic even when they only had 12 people at their concert. Now they feel Stadiums. They've won a Grammy, but what's interesting is you can still find their YouTube video of one of their first concerts with 12 people, and what's interesting, Pat, is they are so enthusiastic. These guys are on fire. They don't care 12 people are there. They think there's 12 million, and guess what? There was 12 million when they won the Grammys, and I tell people in the, in the book, enthusiasm isn't a result of being on a bigger stage. Enthusiasm is what gets you on the bigger stage. You can't wait until you get the big gig before you become enthusiastic. you got to be excited, even with the small ones. And when you do, then you get promoted. How about day 10, creation, create your idea? Yeah, this is powerful. Create your idea. What's interesting about this is that sounds a little woo-woo until you really unpack it, but it, it basically is saying that everything that we see in life has been created twice, once mentally and twice physically. So I don't care if people are in a room right now and they got a Coca-Cola can, they got a pen, they got a book. All those things were created twice. The designer had to first create it mentally in the mind, then they created it physically. And so in day 10, we actually get people to do what's called a boon sheet where they write out their who, their what, their when, their why, their how. And by creating it on paper, they actually can begin to say, you know what, I can see this thing. And it's kind of like the architect. The architect has to to create it on on a blueprint. Once it's created in a blueprint, they already see it as done, and now they can create it physically. It's the same thing with your dream. It's the same thing with becoming unhackable. You create it twice, and in day 10, you create it for the first time mentally. Day 11, time. Write your check. Write your check. This is a powerful chapter about 
Jim Carrey. We used an illustration with him where he literally wrote himself a check in 1992 when he was a starving, struggling comic in Los Angeles. He drove to an old hill, and he was in his beat-up Toyota, and he wrote himself a $10 million check. And he said, for acting services rendered. And he put it in his wallet, and he put the date, Thanksgiving 1995. What's interesting is three years later, he received $10 million for his role in Dumb and Dumber. Now, Jim Carrey will tell you he didn't just sit there. He didn't write a check and just sit there. That's what people think, the law of attraction or something like this. No, no, no. You don't just write a check and sit there. He wrote a check, and then he got after it. And the check was simply a reminder of all of his effort. It wasn't the thing that brought him the money. And so in this chapter, you literally write yourself a a future check with three things, dollars, date, and description. Dollars. Not everything's about money, but the dollars might be – it's just one way of measurement. It might represent the money you want to give to a nonprofit or the relational currency that you've developed over three years. And then date, you put a date where it literally becomes real, and then you write a description. And we've seen, no joke, we've literally seen people do this exercise. And we all know the power of goals when you write them down. You're more likely to get them. Why? Because it's a commitment. It's a micro-commitment. And as we write the check for our boon, we become much more committed uh, to taking action. Now... Uh, I want you to move to day 12. You call it space. See your space. Oh, this is so fun. I love this content. This, this, this book is so fun because it just it brings freedom to people. But in this chapter, we talk about Disney. We talk about how Walt uh, was sick in a hospital bed, and a reporter was trying to meet with him, and He told the reporter, lie down next to me in the hospital bed. He couldn't even talk, barely. He had a whisper, and he laid out his whole plan for the Magic Kingdom, all in his mind, space. It wasn't there yet physically, but it was all in his brain, and the reporter took it all down on paper. Well, guess what? The Magic Kingdom opened five years later (laughs) after Walt died, and... Someone came up to the president at the time. His name was Vance, uh, Michael Vance. And they basically said, hey, isn't it sad that Walt isn't here to see it? He died five years ago. And Vance said, oh, no, you're wrong. He did see it, and that's why we're here today. The point is this. You have to see your boon come into fruition even before it takes up physical space because it takes up mental space first. If you want to go faith, Jesus told people in his darkest hour, Garden of Gethsemane, he said, hey, I see my Father's glory. Like he could see the crown even though all he could hold was his cross. And this is what we get people to see. We, we get them to see that, you know what? Your boon, your big dream, your deepest desire has to take shape mentally in in your headspace first before you're going to see it tangibly. Carrie Oberrunner. What a book. This is fabulous. Unhackable. (laughs) Now, day 13, urgency. Establish your deadline. Yes. Look, in the book we talk about human knowledge is doubling Uh, every 12 hours. It used to double every thousand years. In other words, we have way too many distractions right now. The average person touches, clicks, swipes, taps their smartphone 2,600 times a day. We have 5,000 ads that pass our brains every single day. We live in a world riddled with distraction. We honestly can't even keep up. According to um, Cornell University, we make 226.7 food decisions a day, especially if we're holding a, a cheesecake factory menu. There's enough in there right right in that menu. But the point is this. You, you just can't keep up. And so, therefore, the only thing that's going to keep up is what's called urgent. 
if you think about healthcare, you have emergency room, and then you have urgent care, and then you have your normal care. Urgent means that it's special. There's a cost involved. There's if you don't have a there's a deadline. There's a deadline. If you don't get this fixed, you're going to die. It's urgent care. Well, that's what we need to do, and that's where we tie a deadline to our dreams, and we literally write it out. Kerry, we've got time for one more. Agency. Choose your Mm. inputs. What's that mean? Agency is uh, literally you taking control of the inputs that come into your awareness and your space. For example, Pat, when I go get my oil changed, I walk into that waiting room. There's magazines. There's Donahue on TV. In other words, there's all this inputs going on around me, and I didn't even ask for it. Well, what I do instead is I bring my laptop, I bring my headphones, and I create my own agency. In other words, this is my own space. I take ownership, and I choose what inputs I allow into my brain the average person, if they listen to audio content like yours, like your show, they could earn a Ph.D. after three years in a subject matter just by filling their brain with good stuff. Instead, most people aren't, and uh, as a result, they get hacked. So we, we really teach you in day 14 how to take back control of all the space and inputs that, that are around you. Carrie Oberbrunner has been our guest Uh, The name of the book, Unhackable. Uh, We've got a wrap-up right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando. Well, folks, thanks for joining us here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Uh, In the first segment, Joshua Mills joined us from up in Canada uh, talking about his book, Power Portals. And we went from uh, London, Ontario to Columbus, Ohio, and that's where we found Kerry Oberrunner and his book, Unhackable. Had a good visit with Kerry. Uh, so, folks, that's the story here today. We're back next weekend uh, for another segment of the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. But in the meantime, uh, we've got a website I want you to visit. It's called OrlandoDreamers.com. Uh, we're trying to bring Major League Baseball to Orlando, and you can be a big help. Just go up to that website, OrlandoDreamers.com. Learn all about it. Uh, Give us your name and the date. And uh, when we get this team, we're working on it. Uh, uh, You'll be in line for season tickets. So that's what I can tell you. We're back next weekend for more uh, here on the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando.